so much in our society is just telling every fiber of trans kids being that what they are is not right and is not true. It's such a empowering and beautiful thing to be able to stand with your kid in the face of all of that and just, you know, hold true and support them. My journey with him has been a back and forth of a balancing act of wanting to support him, being scared for him, recognizing that I need to learn from him, letting go of feeling like I need to protect him from the world, and just trusting him and going along with his journey. Hi, I'm Julia Dennison. And I'm Sean T. And this is We Are Family, a podcast from Parents Magazine. This show is all about celebrating the different ways there are to build and be a family and how beautiful that diversity is. It's Pride Month, so we're excited to bring you some stories about LGBTQ parents, including me and my husband, Scott, who have toddler twins. But we also want to talk about what it's like to be parented as an LGBTQ person and how as parents, we can support kids who are transgender. That's why we're so excited about today's guests. Ali Sheedy, and Beckett Lansbury. Ali is a mom, an actress, and a college professor. She starred in The Breakfast Club, High Art, and more. Her son Beckett is a teacher and works in sexual violence prevention. Beckett is trans and was assigned female at birth. Five years ago, he started taking hormones to medically transition. As Beckett shared his journey with Ali, she was fiercely supportive. But she also realized she had a lot to learn. And Becca realized he had to be patient as she did that learning. I spoke to them about what the experience was like on both sides. I can't wait to hear their story. Julia, they both have so much wisdom to share for anyone, whether you're the parent of a child who's trans or you just want to be a better ally. Awesome. Let's hear it. Allie Beckett, welcome to We Are Family. We are so thrilled to have you on the podcast today. I would love for you to introduce yourselves, talk about your pronouns, and why pronouns. My name is Beckett Lansbury. Um, I use he, him, his, or they, them, their pronouns. And pronouns are important because they let the speaker know how to refer to you in the third person. If you're not around or um, just you know how to respectfully refer to you. And Allie, can you introduce yourselves for our listeners, please? Yeah. Hi, I'm Allie Sheedy. My proudest role is that I'm Beck's mom, Beckett's mom. I call him Beck. I am an actor. Um, I'm a book editor and I'm a professor at CUNY uh, where I teach film in New York. That's uh, my bio is kind of long, but that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> 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 and we love your bio. I have to just say this because, you know, my husband is a huge fan. So I just wanted to tell you that. Oh, cool. That is nice. Guys, here's why I goofed. I meant to ask Allie her pronouns too, but I forgot. Maybe I was a little starstruck. But it's important because, as Beckett explained... Everybody has pronouns, and we're kind of moving away from the terminology of preferred pronouns, you know, with the general understanding that pronouns aren't necessarily preferred, they're what people want to use. Cis people have pronouns, too, and by sharing ours, we make it easier for trans and non-binary people to share theirs. So, Allie's pronouns are she, her, and hers, and mine are he, him, and his. Okay, now back to the interview. When I talked to Beckett and Allie, we were all social distancing, so I wanted to check in. 
they were staying not too far away from one another in upstate New York. I feel like, Allie, I should be asking you questions on how to raise a two and a half year old uh, in times like this. But I'll first ask, what does life look like for you guys right now with this this social distancing and quarantines? Hashtag stay home, stay strong time. It's been hard not to be able to go see friends, but also I'm also particularly lucky because uh, my partner and I are living together. So I, I'm not necessarily completely alone. We do have each other. And we also have our two cats, which is great. You know, finding new ways to have time and spend time with friends. So it's been a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of um, like online dance parties. I love that. And um, if you want to join my, I have a Friday night wine night with my husband Scott on our Instagram. Absolutely. There's also um, on. Uh, I'm not sure on Twitch. There's um, the digital drag show every Friday. Um, Bitch Pudding, who's a wonderful, wonderful performer, she runs it, and it's it's awesome. Well, my husband loves RuPaul's Drag Race, so when I tell him this, he's going to be like, grab the wine and let's go. (laughs) So, Allie, we would still like to know how you're dealing with the quarantine and social distancing. It's been okay. I figured out how to adapt my film class online. Um, It took a lot of reconfiguring and reimagining the class, but it's been working really, really well. As the weeks have gone by, I'm relaxing a little bit because all my students so far are doing all right. And I can keep my eye on back sort of up here. And and I know my mom is high risk and she's OK. So, so far, we're just we're just managing. So Becca grew up on the Upper West Side in Manhattan, and he came out as queer when he was around 14. Allie's mom and her partner are in a same sex relationship. So he had a lot of support from his family. I remember when I first came out, I did call myself bisexual. I came out to my mom and I was terrified. And I didn't know why I was so scared. There was never necessarily like that fear of rejection, simply because I had been exposed to, you know, to queerness and I have my grandmothers who were queer. And it was more so just like speaking in the truth and being like, oh, God, I'm different. Like, I actually have to start realizing this about myself. There's something that has to happen. In his teens, Becca began learning more about gender identity in terms like gender queer, gender fluid and non-binary. He started thinking about where he fit in along that spectrum and started talking to his mom about it. Later in college, he decided to use masculine pronouns, change his name, and medically transition by taking testosterone. Coming out um, in terms of sexuality wasn't difficult. Coming out in gender was hard just because it is just you know, not as spoken about or wasn't as spoken about. I had spoken to my mother about me genderqueer and, you know, we had a lot of conversations about genderqueerness and kind of, you know, out being outside the binary. But then suddenly I was like, oh, no, what if I'm actually, what if part of a foot is actually in the binary? And suddenly I actually am like, oh, no, now I'm finding myself that I am going and being uh, drawn to this idea of, like, having some association with, like, maleness and being the term male. So that was actually probably the more difficult part and probably like the more kind of difficult like social adjustment but in terms of being able to you know have this experience with my mom it's wonderful having that support has lifted burdens for me and has made my journey much much easier Allie, first of all, thank you so much for being so supportive. And I mean, because it's it's really amazing because we don't not everyone has that. And, you know, I would like to I would like for you to talk about, you know, what it's like, what it has been like to support Beckett and learn from him 
over the course of the journey? And what are some of the things that you needed to understand to take your, you know, your relationship and the journey a little bit further? Well, to begin with, you know, I respect Beckett. I admire him. I think he's just a wonderful, beautiful, intelligent, fabulous person. Oh, so great. <laughs> which was unfolding since the time he was little. I basically, I think my journey with him has been a back and forth of a balancing act of wanting to support him, being scared for him, recognizing that I need to learn from him, letting go of feeling like I need to protect him from the world and just trusting him and going along with his journey. So Beck is always at least a step or two steps ahead of me. And my biggest challenge with Beck was for him to, I needed him to bring me along. I needed to learn. I needed to let him kind of let me walk beside him a little bit. So I wasn't playing catch up all the time, which made me incredibly anxious. Um, it was especially scary in the beginning because I didn't understand anything about the hormones and I I didn't know it was going to happen. I didn't know if he had researched it. I didn't like the clinic he found. You know what I mean? This is mom stuff. I didn't like that he hadn't explained it to me as if he's not responsible for explaining it to me. But at that point, I really thought he was. I just needed some teaching is the way I would put it right now. So we had to find that balance because there were things that I didn't know and I would get defensive and I'm beginning to understand more now that this whole thing of it's not the responsibility of somebody who is trans or anything else really to educate those of us who, I guess, occupy a position of privilege in society, whether that's gender identification or race or class or whatever. I'm learning as we go along here that it isn't the responsibility of others to educate me. It's my responsibility to educate myself. But this has taken a while, right? And I, in this particular instance, felt like Beck needed to take me through the steps that he was going through, which I think was probably an incredible pain in the ass for him. I told him he had to take me to the... <laughs> He had to take me to the clinic. <laughs> I had to meet everybody at the clinic. This is when, Beck, you were still in college then, right? Weren't you? Mm -hmm. 2014. Yes, I was a junior. Right. So we went go down to the clinic and I wanted to get some information from everybody there. Tell me about the hormones. Explain to me what's going to happen, all of this. And, it, and they, at the clinic, they basically said it wasn't their responsibility to explain anything to me that Beck was of age and he could do what he wanted and they didn't exist to serve me. And that was, you know what, they were right, but it threw me into this kind of disoriented place. Allie had to learn that one of the best ways to support her son was to educate herself. More on that after the break. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, 
their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to We Are Family. I'm your host, Sean T. And I'm your co-host, Julia Dennison. Our guests today, Ali Sheedy and her son, Beckett Lansbury, are sharing their story of what it's been like for both of them to navigate Beck's transition. When he was in college, Beck went into a clinic in New York to start taking testosterone, and that tripped off some of Ali's protective mom alarms. She wanted to know everything about what was going to happen next. Luckily, a staff member helped do some of the explaining that Allie needed. The second clinic we went to was Callan Lord. And Callan Lord, I have to say, is really an incredible place. There was somebody there named Finn. The patient coordinator. He's trans, female and male happy and he was, you know, obviously deeply educated in all the issues, but he took a little time to just sit and talk with me. That was huge. I wasn't looking for a fight with Beck. I just was scared because I just didn't have enough information. I didn't know that he had a place to go where they actually knew what they were doing. Once I started to get that there was this center and they did know what they were doing and Beck knew what he was doing and... It was okay to ask questions. It was okay to be scared. Beck got really good at bringing me along and giving me the information. All of that was really, really important because I didn't know what was going on. I mean, honestly, I thought I did, but I had no idea. So I I would guess as a parent, um, rather than thinking, you know everything and you know what's best for your kid. And it's it's just important to examine the your own for me, it was important for me to examine my own thought processes, what biases I had instilled in me, what I didn't know, where I was ignorant, um, where I needed to learn, where I needed to get brought along. I mean, all of those things were just a kind of inner dialogue with myself, but but being able to have it shifted me over. And then I felt that I got more in harmony with Beck. But pretty much I've had to just look at myself as a student, an overly protective student. Allie and Becca agree that for parents, it is on us to learn about what's happening with our kids. Check out the available resources, do your reading, and build that trust to talk openly in the first place. I could list off so many resources that are out there and screaming for parents to learn about trans issues and about trans kids and about the issues that are affecting trans youth. You know, learning takes time. I did have to learn to be patient with my mom. Um, I did have to learn that there's a learning curve and see that there was this like earnest like want to meet in the middle and not that it was that she was coming from a space of aggression or of, you know, of rejection. It was it was a space of fear and it was a space of like, I don't know what's going on. And it was the hard part was that I didn't either necessarily. And like as the kid, I, you know, had so many things to figure out for myself before being able to meet in the middle. Um, which did, you know, did make it difficult, but like we absolutely pulled through. You know, a lot of times when you hear, you know, your child is gay or trans, to 
hear it from them could be a little bit emotional. But if you do some research and hear it from a third party, it makes the parent feel like they're not alone. And I think that's something that really helps parents out there. I did do as much research as I possibly could. So I could actually know what I was talking about a little bit when I had a conversation with him or when I spoke to a counselor or this or that. But I needed to subjectively, I wanted to understand what exactly Beck's steps were, what exactly was going on with Beck. And I think in any situation, to have your parent want to, you know, be super involved in your emotional (laughs) development would be infuriating. In this particular instance, I just needed enough information to be on the level with him when we were having a conversation. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to know, okay, so I can read about how hormones affect um, the, the gender transition. I can read about that. This happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. But what I want to know is what's going on with you? You know, it. I really appreciated when Beck would say things to me um, like he was experiencing um, anger flashes or whatever that was. Like I needed to know that, you know, especially if we were having a conversation about something, that some of that was hormo- the hormones. I would like it, when, love it, actually, when he would get on the phone, he would, he would, send these pictures to me of his gradual transition, like the the ways that his body was changing. And I would see it when I saw him, but I liked it when I could be seeing it bit by bit. Fortunately, he actually let me follow him on Instagram because he <laughs> posts all these pictures on Instagram. Um, and I could see all the changes, but mainly I could feel how he was settling so much into himself, this groundedness, confidence, this this way of, of moving up in consciousness and in it, what's interesting to him in his life and what he, this belief that he could do what he wanted to do in work, at school, here and there. I mean, it was a huge shift. It wasn't just, you know, hormones suddenly make your torso look different. It was, or hair on your face. It's a, It's an emotional sort of biochemical, a whole, a whole, whole person transition was going on. And I appreciated that in him. I could see all of that in him, but it was really important. Listen, if you're a parent out there, step one is you got to drop your agenda on this completely, open up, try to educate yourself and ask your kid to bring you along step by step. I'm just going to say this back. It was enormous thing to me that when he got the top surgery, that he wanted me to come and be with him during the healing after the surgery so I could be there and feed him and like henpeck around. I wanted to have that. And it meant a lot that he, to me that he wanted me to be there, annoyingly, you know, hovering soup and this and that and just the mom stuff you do if your kid had an operation. So that it meant a lot to me. It made me feel much more woven into what was happening with him in his life. Beck went through the transition a little bit older, but there are some younger kids out there. And Scott and I, we sit around a table and we have, we play with our kids or they're eating breakfast or we have picnics inside because of social distancing. And sometimes we sit there and talk and we're like, hey, like, how do we handle if 
one of our kids comes and says they're trans at a young age. And what do we do with younger kids who want to come out and really can express themselves at an earlier age? Your child knows who they are, even if they're two, even if they're three, if they're four, it does not matter the age. Your kid knows who they are. If they're experiencing something, that is what they're experiencing. If they grow up and then their gender change, like gender is fluid. Like that doesn't mean that at any point you should take any identity less seriously than another. Just that people change, people evolve. And if your kid's coming out young, it does not, that does not mean it's a phase. That means that they're telling you, this is my reality right now. And in the moment, like whatever that reality is, is their reality. Just being there and meeting them. And, you know, it's difficult, you know, just as, you know, as my mom was saying, like it is, it's hard, it's scary. But like, and you know, and there is like this difference between reading online and then like, you know, having the subject be um, your child or somebody you know. But, you know, it's a journey for the person who's transitioning as well. Um, and they also like are not the experts. So we don't know everything. We don't, we don't have the answers. There were questions that my mom was asking me. I remember that like, I wish I knew the answer to, you know, now I probably do have the answer to, um, you know, like, why did I want, you know, like, what was it about, um, you know, the hormones that I wanted, like at the moment in time, like I didn't know, and it is going to continue to be a journey. Like my mom, we're still on a journey. Like just, I'm, I've been trained, I've um, been on hormones now for five years, but like there's always more stuff coming. There's more stuff to learn. So it doesn't stop. Why do you feel it's important to share your story? Beckett, for you as a trans person, and Ali, for you as a mom of a trans person, why do you think it's so important to just share the story? I mean, I feel it's important um, just so people know that these stories are happening constantly. They're happening everywhere. Trans people are everywhere. In, and, you know, the risk factor is not the fact that we're trans. The risk factor is the fact that society is not accepting of variant genders. The question that came up for me is, what is it that's the most of paramount importance? What's of paramount importance to me? my relationship with Beck is Beck the most important thing in the world to me, which he is, is my, my relationship with him, the most essential thing to me. And the answer to that is yes. Then there's questions of, am I attached to a specific gender or for any parent, are you, are you attached to a specific gender? And that becomes, is that paramount to you over your relationship with your kid? Are you attached to a particular sexual orientation? Are you attached to your kid's career? Are you attached to what your kid makes you look like? I mean, there's all these kinds of things that go on with parents that are so, so unimportant when you think about the long road and that you, at least for me, I want to have this relationship with my child. He's a blessing. He's a gift. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. I tell him that all the time. That's the most important thing in my life. All the rest of this is can get sorted out you know all of the it makes it it makes it worth it going through the sorting out and the understanding and the tensions and the hills and valleys all of it you know i couldn't be more proud of him i just couldn't and this is you know he he is himself and he does what he does and he's wonderful at his work and i admire him and respect him everything else kind of falls around that particular shape if that makes sense i love it well, thank you all both so much. I appreciate both of you coming on and, and sharing this experience and being so transparent and just being a force of positivity for people out there who may, you know, maybe have a little fear of what's happening with their child or how to 
you know, come to their parent and express themselves and what they're going through. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's an honor being being with you on, on this podcast, honestly. Absolutely. Thank you. Wow, Sean, I'm so impressed by Allie and Beckett. I want to have a relationship like that with my daughter when she grows up. Me too, Julia. I'm going to be texting Allie for parenting advice when the twins are like teenagers because it's clear she's been doing something right. Totally. And that's all for this episode. I'm Sean T. And I'm Julia Dennison. Next week, we're going to hear more about Sean and Scott's path to parenthood and talk to their surrogate, Ashley. It's going to be a great conversation, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it. And we'll catch you next time on We Are Family. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Susie Armitage, and Lena Bexillison. This show was recorded in New York and Arizona, edited in New York City, and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more at parents.com slash podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram, handle at parents. And you can follow me on Instagram at Julia Dennison. That's D-E-N-N-I-S-O-N. And you can follow me at Sean T. That's S-H-A-U-N-T. Say happy pride. Happy pride. Happy pride. Happy pride. Be fun.